looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Why not surprise your lover with an adult sex toy, a video, or an accessory from Adam and Eve? Now, listeners of the Dainty Thug Podcast Show can enjoy a 50% off discount on any item at Adam and Eve. You can use this discount on your vibrators, sex toys, lingerie, lubes and lotions, condoms, videos, or anything else your naughty heart desires. To receive this discount, visit our official site of the CSPN.us, then select on the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the site. Scroll down and click through our Adam and Eve link at the bottom, then just go shopping. And as you check out, put the promo code Have Off at the checkout to reduce all item prices by up to 50% plus free shipping so what are you waiting for spice up your life Child, the ghetto. Ooh, <laughs> this has been a very uh, we had a very dramatic week and a half or so. It's been a lot going on. Um, I don't even really know where to start. I guess we'll start with Afropunk because uh, and this is actually my first year um, of not attending Afropunk. I've been going, like, religiously since, like, I was in college. So, we're talking about 2011. You know, I've been going to Afropunk, and it used to be free. And it was, like, that ritual before school started again. I'll just go to Afropunk, meet all my friends I'm going to be in class with and hang out and sit in the park, listen to good music, watch, you know, the, uh... The black punk kids, you know, learn some new bands and eat some food. You know, Afropunk was like the quintessential, you know, um, uh, black fest, you know, right before the Labor Day weekend kickoff. And I, you know, we would go there and... You know, when I used to go to Afropunk, you know, back, you know, some years back, it didn't matter what time I rolled up. I would usually roll up at like 4, 5, 6 p.m. I, you know, the line wasn't super long. Um, I was able to like go in, hit a food truck, sit in the park and just chill. And you know what else I noticed is it wasn't as dusty either because it's probably you know less foot traffic and there would be some white people there but not a lot it would be like a couple sprinkles here and there um because the afropunk i was introduced to living color and bad brains and you know some really cool you know really punk bands and i went every year and um the last Afropunk I went to before they started charging, I believe Questlove closed the show. And I think that was maybe 
2014, maybe 2015. And the following year was the first time, you know, they started charging tickets. And um, D'Angelo was the headliner. And, you know, I wanted to see D'Angelo, so I paid for a ticket. No, I was actually a vendor that year, so I didn't pay for a ticket. But I wanted to see it because, you know, D'Angelo was performing and I knew he had an album coming out and I definitely wanted to see him. But I think, you know, the ticket prices start, you know, rising a little bit in price. And, um, I, they start recycling acts. And if you go to Afropunk every year or you're Afropunk regular, you kind of get a feel of, you know, who's coming and who's not coming and, um, who you're gonna see, and it just started changing, like, dramatically, um, I saw the lineup this year was, like, Erica Badu, Janelle Monet, and, like, they've, you know, they're great acts to see live, but they've been at Afropunk before, so I kind of find it a little bit, uh, a stiff to the fans to, um, charge these prices for, that performed at Afropunk already, you know. Um, I know one year they had Lenny Kravitz and Grace Jones, and they had Lauren Hill. Child, I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna get into her, but um, yeah. So, um, so you know, people was expressing their disappointment, you know, before Afropunk. Um, and I think what really, really got people upset was the fact that people were being put out of Afropunk. Um, black people were being put out of Afropunk because of t-shirts they were wearing. And I was seeing uh, non-black people wearing these Anglo-punk shirts and all types of ridiculousness. It's just... I don't really know what's going on. And I went to their... Um, if you've been to Afropunk's IG, it's really passive. Now, granted, I don't know... When I went to cover Afropunk two years ago, I know their PR dude was this white dude named Ryan. I don't know if he's still working with them. Uh, I know they don't really give access to black media like that you know they only give access to like you know mainstream media which is really interesting because it's a punk show um they give access to like buzzfeed and huff post and but you know like black bloggers and you know like i don't even see bet at afropunk you know it's all like vogue and shit like that um so I don't really know what's going on. So I went to their IG and it was just really passive talking about, you know, black consumerism and it just seemed like they was making excuses. And I think um, Afropunk is starting to, well, it's not starting to, but they are, um, they are pretty much losing their um their their soul you know um um they are losing their spirit and i think i mean people like 
the dramatics and the aesthetic of Afropunk. Um, but it's not as funky and as passionate and as as authentic as it used to be. And I have some black punk friends, musicians and stuff like that. They been dropped Afropunk like years ago. They were like, why are you still going to Afropunk? Afropunk is trash. Afropunk is this. Afropunk is that. Don't support them. And I'll be like, bro, it's still free, you know. But, you know, it's, they just, they already had dropped them. And I just feel like anything that I feel like is black centered and once mainstream media capture it, it's only two things that's going to happen. It's either going to become more open and comfortable for non-black people to participate. And, and that's what Afropunk is becoming. It's like the, you know... Black Lollapalooza and people was taking pictures of like the VIP section and it was not really black <laughs> and they also had a program where you could earn a ticket um, you would do like a bunch of social activism, social media activism online to earn you a weekend ticket. They even stopped doing that. If they would, they had a program this year because I got the email because I'm still subscribed to them. Um, they would. The program was only for one ticket for one day, so you have to pick a day. So they're not even giving you weekend passes to do social media activism. They're literally giving you one day. So they're definitely um, really scaling back. And it's just, you know, unfortunate how something that was an event that many people looked at and looked forward to and used as a platform is now becoming a very unsafe space for um, black people and black punks and black alternative crowds and it's just sad to see you know um, and it's sad to see that you know they don't really care now prior to Afropunk you know before the actual shows it was already under you know some some smoke because they was talking real greasy on their Twitter. They was now on their Instagram they made this whole um um they made this whole uh blackout statements of I guess it was like their post release statements of all the accusations that are now deleted they so they they deleted all no I'm sorry they didn't delete it they just like bumped a bunch of pictures up okay so on their Afropunk feed they have like you know Afropunk does not believe in bullying Afropunk does not condone violence Afropunk doesn't discriminate Afropunk doesn't drag black people Afropunk doesn't police black bodies Afropunk is for us by us Afropunk loves our community Afropunk believes in respectable, respectful discourse. Afropunk respects creative expression. Afropunk supports black consumerism. Afropunk supports our community. Afropunk is black owned since 2002. And a lot of people were in the comments, you know, because they had kicked out 
I, um, they had kicked out a very visible black activist for saying Afropunk sold out to white consumerism and um, a lot of people were upset by that. It was written up in a few articles. Um, I, I saw one in Vice. Um, and, you know, Afropunk doesn't drag black people. We saw that happen on Twitter in real time where they actually searched their hashtag about um, uh, about their ticket prices surging. So uh, that wasn't really completely honest. Um, I don't really know what Afropunk is going to do. I think they need to really uh, sit at the table and do this over again because what Afropunk um, used to be and what it is now is that it's nothing that I'm looking forward to I mean you better off going to dance Africa in, in Brooklyn and having a good time um, consumerism is not see here's the thing what, what they when they said Afropunk supports black consumerism that's not really revolutionary to me. Um, it's like saying you want the black dollar, but what are you doing for the black dollar? Like, you're pricing black people out. Like, literally, Afropunk, this show, is across the street from the projects. And if you have in, like, close to $100 tickets, who are you really attracting? You know, um... And if I don't even feel safe in a location for this event, why do you want my money? You know? It doesn't really make sense. You know, black liberation and black consumerism aren't the same thing. You know, everybody wants the black dollar. That doesn't mean, you know, that you're black-centered or, you know, you are of black liberation. You know, that's quite the opposite. It's, it's a very um, capitalism aspect of how you view black people in a way. Like, you want our money, you know, our aesthetic and our style and our struggle is being consumed as a package and is being sold to non-black people for entertainment. And I think that's really whack. So... Um, is Afropunk canceled? Um, I am not on the Afropunk board anymore. I know a lot of people aren't. I know there are a lot of people are. I hear that a lot of people in Afropunk, they go to Atlanta Afropunk. They still enjoy themselves because, I mean, Atlanta is really super black. So, they probably don't have the same issues that Brooklyn Afropunk has. And, you know, Afropunk has different locations across the globe. I know there's an Afropunk Paris, there's an Afropunk Africa. So, they're definitely making money. And I, I, I can't really call it. I feel like if they're making money global, then they should at least keep the original location free. That's kind of how, like, I feel. Like, if you can expand the brand globally and you can have all these Afropunk tours in different cities, then I think you should keep the original location free because that's really where it started from. But that's just how I look at it. To vend at Afropunk, 
is almost $2,000 for a basic table, you know, um, for both days, I believe. I think it was like 1800 or something like that. Like 900 a day or something like that, if I can remember correctly. So it's not, it's not cheap to be at Afropunk. And I think they owe it to the fans next year. And, um... We'll see what happened, but I mean, a lot of celebs were there. I saw Issa Rae was there, and again, a lot of my friends were there. And I think another issue that um, I saw being called out in the comments of Afropunk is that they don't credit black photographers. They give more ac access to white photographers and black photographers. And now, again, when I was there with a press pass. Afropunk had its own photography team and you even with a press pass you couldn't get access to a lot of things um, they only really give you access to uh, smaller acts and they give you access <clears throat> to uh, like you couldn't even go like backstage press was not allowed backstage like only way you was allowed backstage is if a PR person for a band or manager brought you backstage to do an interview and that's it and another issue with Afropunk how are they charging people all this money to be an Afropunk and one they don't have free water you know it gets hot you walk around all day in the open sun and two every year they have fucked up sound issues like technical issues the mics be low it be fucking screeching all out the air everywhere it's just all over the place it sounds like they can't afford the same sound team every year it sounds like the sound team just got paid the day of the show and they haven't rehearsed shit that's what it sounds like every single year Every single fucking year for Afropunk, they have horrible sound technical issues. And they're selling $100 tickets. <laughs> it's really weird. So, I don't know. What y'all think? Do y'all think Afropunk is canceled? Or y'all gonna stick around? Y'all wanna see what they do next year? Um... I probably won't go next year either. And I'm sad because I really like the whole... I really like Afropunk. But if you live in New York, there's a whole bunch of free concerts throughout the summer. So even if you don't go to Afropunk, you know, there's always um, Prospect Park concerts and, you know, concerts up in Harlem that's going to be free. So it's not the end of the world. I mean, of course, you want to be kind of drowned in all the blackness and all the beautiful people, but it's not the worst in the world. But speaking of cancel, y'all, y'all ain't giving love no country. <laughs> I mean, y'all aren't giving her no country on the internet. I mean, god damn. She can't post shit on her Twitter with y'all out without y'all going in on her. I mean, I mean, that's my favorite song, but still, y'all <laughs> Y'all are ruthless. God damn. So all right, let's get into Mother Aretha Franklin. As we all know, the queen passed away and she had 
an epic ass black funeral and it, a, a lot of things went wrong it was like the fuck boys of the pulpit like I I understand that a lot of it was her will and what she wanted herself but god damn it Ugh. first of all let me just say this if y'all don't know y'all need to know Louis Farrakhan was behind Malcolm X being assassinated. So he really shouldn't be at nobody's funeral giving, saying nothing and being visible. He needs to just be chilling and not be seen. Because y'all can laugh at me or y'all can call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever you want. But I'm telling you he is behind Malcolm X being assassinated. Look, back in the day for you young whippersnappers, there was this uh, progressive black magazine, like in the l- mid-90s, called Emerge, okay? And Emerge was a very, was a black-owned magazine <clears throat> that was very progressive in politics, and I was really too young to be reading it, because I really didn't fully understand what I was reading, but if you are able to Google some of the old covers of Emerge magazine, you will see where they stand politically. You know, it was the first uh, media outlet I saw and read that openly called Clarence Thomas a coon. It was the first black outlet that called out the hypocrisy and the racism of the Clintons while they were still acting of an office it was also the first black media that I read about how you know Clinton and the, and the Clinton administration laws how it affected black people on an institutional level as far as you know um, incarceration and economics and it was a real it's a really it was a really in-depth um, magazine with really great essays on it and I remember they had an entire issue dedicated to hard hitting journalism and with proof and receipts and everything of everyone involved of the Malcolm X assassination Elijah Muhammad Louis Farrakhan the FBI all them motherfuckers was working together yes Farrakhan was working with the feds Elijah Muhammad was working with the feds and this journalist, I don't remember the name, but they had, they put it all together like a puzzle. And to this day, I believe that article and I, I think it was one of the most, most prolific articles I've read in my entire life. I don't know if you can find it on the internet because it was in print, but if you can you know, it's probably in the library somewhere. Um, mag- again, it's called Emerge Magazine. Um, I remember reading about Kimba Smith. I mean, it was a it was a really great magazine that um, 
I've had the pleasure of reading. So I read it like in the mid 90s. You know, I think they stopped publishing around 2000, but apparently they have been out since like the late 80s. So it was like a decade old, you know. Uh, I don't know why they uh, suspended the magazine, but they did. And um, I don't know, probably because it was just too uh aggressive <laughs> i'm pretty sure um i'm actually on the internet right now and i'm googling it and it just says emerge magazine in the washington post this was in 2000 emerge magazine suddenly suspends publication and i'm pretty sure uh uh it had to do with those articles because they was just aggressive and it was just um hard hitting like you know no shorts no losses like they just said it what it was and according to this article um at the majority stockholder of this media that published emerged was BET well I didn't know that <laughs> that's really interesting and um you know, they had won all these national these national journalism awards and you know, it was it was a really intense magazine. So um uh Johnson, the the same company that owns Ebony, they also acquired Emerge in the early nineties, but they end up um selling it to the uh, media company that was also sought out by Heart and Soul and BT. So, um, yeah, um, I really missed the magazine. I wish I could uh, run those covers back because those covers was some of the best. It actually, it, it really influenced me to you know create my own magazine because it was just so raw. But anyway. Back to Aretha Franklin. So I already knew dumb niggas was lying about the timetable of how long it was going to last. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be from whatever they said, 10 to 3. I was like, we're going to be here all day. And one of my biggest issues about the, the funeral was I really felt uncomfortable with so many men talking about feminism and not just talking about it but leading the conversation about feminism and how it affects and plays out in black women lives and I really mean that too I really mean that men should not leave this conversation and I say it all the time and people don't really understand what I mean by it like men should not leave these conversations about feminism because it it's counterproductive because they always like to me men only talk about feminism and they only compliment feminism if it does not make them uncomfortable and i also had a problem with them censoring her father now i understand her father was pivotal in her career but the rumors around her father about him being uh, a predator and 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 abusive, I don't really see the need to highlight him as 
as extensively as these men did but at the same time they're men so I don't really expect anything much from them now the the, the fuck boys of the pool pit all of them Bill Clinton Farrakhan Jesse Jackson um Eric Dyson the bishop it was just like a fuck boy of the pool pit galore you know um also, let's not forget Ascot Roland Martin because he's a fucking fuckboy too. And then they had the most, then they had to top it off with the fuckboy of the year to Reverend uh, Jasper Williams. And I was looking for that motherfucker social media. So he went on his rant saying black lives don't matter, talking about gay people, black, black women can't raise black boys. Like it was disgusting. Disgusting. Between him telling black women they can't raise black boys and Ariana Grande being groped, it was just, it was uh, an eye-opening experience on how one, women get mistreated and abused right in the public eye. And it's very casual, you know, it comes off innocent. And two, how no matter what, even in death, black women get blamed. I mean, I was just like over it. It was it was uncomfortable to watch. It also reassures me and a whole lot of people why why, why the younger generation don't fuck with church. Like the black church is is the first oppressive institution that a lot of black people are introduced to. And that's being that's being for real. That's being straight up honest. Like when I say black people are fundamentally conservative, this is the shit I'm talking about. You know, where where women are judged on how comfortable they make men and they're judged based on the acceptance and the approval of men. And it's fucked up. And it's not right. Now, people were talking about how, you know, Ariana Grande, Grande, (laughs) how she, you know, her dress was too short. I didn't really pay attention to her dress like that. Um, I, no matter what she wore, really does not give, you know, another person the right to grope her, you know. Um, And she was visibly uncomfortable. I will say I believe her dress was only meant for for, for performing. I didn't see her wearing that dress all funeral. And she wasn't even there all all for the entire um, uh, funeral. She performed, she did her song, and she fucking left. Um, Her dress was for the stage, and that's it. But, of course, other reverends felt like she was intentionally tempting the men on stage. And I have such a problem with that. I have such a problem with that because, one, she's not a black person. She's not a black woman. And I feel that because she wasn't a black woman, automatically she was sexualized 
off the bat, right, right off the bat, because, you know, Jennifer Hudson was on stage, Fantasia took the stage, and nobody grabbed on them like that, so you trying to tell me that this white girl who was trying to sing this Aretha Franklin song, uh, baited the, the, the bishop to grope her, like, are you fucking serious, that's disgusting, They really fucked up a good funeral. I was thinking to myself, I wish Angela Davis would have had the opportunity to speak on behalf of Aretha Franklin. But I'm pretty sure she saw that program and saw all those fuck boys there and passed. Because uh, who would want to be there with all that bullshit and all that? It was uncomfortable for no reason. And of course, Michael Eric Dyson made sure he threw shots at the Obamas. <laughs> That's too black for you. <sighs> Let me say something. That funeral was not too black for anybody. That shit was maybe a little bit too regressive, if anything. It was too regressive for me. And I was just a viewer, you know? Um... I, what I wanted to appreciate and what I remember appreciating about the black church was easily swept under the rug by all the disparaging messages against black people, black women, and black dynamics. You know, while I enjoy church, while I enjoy music in the church, I enjoy gospel music. I don't enjoy being chastised by men I don't enjoy men sexualizing women right in front of me I don't enjoy men dictating to me what feminism is and isn't I don't enjoy it it's very really uncomfortable it's unfortunate and I am saddened that this was used as an opportunity on a day of a remarkable woman and entertainer. They decided to use this platform to be so disrespectful. And it's just... I mean, men could be trash, but I mean, damn. There's like no scruples, you know? Like... <sighs> I don't know. It's just disappointing. And it was just... The misogyny was just... Oozing out the pores on the stage of the fuckboys of the pool pit. And then they had this... This old ass nigga. It was, it, just, it was just bad. Like, and only thing I'm thankful for... Is that Stevie Wonder... Closed the show... And he tried to bring back the message of love. I'm going to tell you something. When it's time for Stevie to go, I'm going to cry. I cry when Winnie died. I cry when Prince died. I'm going to cry when Stevie passed away. Because Stevie is life to me. I'm an 80s baby. And I learned to play three instruments when I was a kid. The piano the tambourine and the harmonica i love stevie wonder's songs and i've always loved his messages 
and I am I'm just just thinking about what I saw is just it's just baffling to me you know um Aretha overcame a lot of obstacles in her life abuse um learning to segue through the music industry while remaining true to herself um she pioneered a lot of shit songwriter and I just wish we would have collectively as a community gave her a more positive send off than what we did but <sighs> that's why you can't task men to do shit <laughs> really you know look when I die I only want like I don't want men at my funeral maybe 10 12 at the most but they got in the back and not say nothing because men were just going to rant and say some really goofy shit and I, I don't I don't want any men dictating what my feminism is and was as I live my life because if they don't say yo Rosa said men are trash then they not they not they lying alright so, what we have here, it's been a, a long week. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Afropunk canceled, yay or nay? Y'all still getting lovey out the paint? Y'all definitely not fucking with lovey, and that shit is hilarious to me. And, um, let's do better by black women, okay? Let's appreciate them while they're here. Let's appreciate them when they go home and they transition. Let's stop blaming black women for all the L's and and the issues in our community. All right. Let's start there. All right. See you next time. Peace. Share all of your love till death do you part.